Well, welcome to the podcast, Happy and Single. I'm your host, Joseph Anderson. You can find me on Instagram at the It's Possible Guy. And you can find our podcast Instagram at Happy and Single. Now, today is episode 77. And if you guys have been following me for a while, you know I'm kind of a numbers person. And I find it really interesting, the topic that's come to me to talk about today. What do I do when I don't know what I want to do? It's amazing how many times I hear the answer, I don't know what I want to do. And what a lot of people end up doing is they kind of just stay, they almost stay in a holding pattern in their life. If you've ever been in an airplane, and if you've ever seen yourself going in circles around the airport, or around, like, in the plane still, that's what they call a holding pattern. You know, it's when the airport's not ready to receive you, and so you're just basically going around in circles. You know, and there's a possibility, you know, that there's, I don't know, other other airports to check out or, I don't know, sometimes, like, the other, the thought I had this morning was, it's okay. Like, for years, I knew what I wanted to do, but I didn't know if I could make it work. I didn't know if I could create the life that I really wanted to create. I mean, so many years ago, I knew that I was going to be doing coaching. We're talking when I was 18. Like, I just knew that. And I went, I went to coaching training school. Right when I got back from my mission, my, one of my aunts happened to be going through the co- coaching training school. And I heard about it and I looked at it and it just felt so right. Funny enough, about that time... I ended up working in corporate America for six months and realized how much I did not enjoy that experience. But it did fund the coaching training school that I went to at the time. And so I'm grateful for it. And so anyways, as I went to this coaching training school, like it just felt so right and it felt so awesome and It was interesting when I was there, there was a particular experience that I had with this guy that was probably about, at the time I was 23, so I was a super young coach. And this guy was probably about 35. And it was interesting because he got really, like, he just always seemed on edge with me. And then it turned out to be that he was just jealous of me starting so young. And we actually had a legit wrestling match in the middle of class. No, I'm not a wrestler, but we had a legit wrestling match in the middle of class. And so I, and it, and and then we actually, you know, ended up talking and it was, it was because I don't remember exactly guys, this has been so many years and I haven't thought about this story in a long time. So I don't know why I'm sharing it, but we did, we became like, I understood where he was coming from because he was, he wasn't in a place in his life that he loved and he was jealous. I think jealous is a strong word, but he wished that he would have found some of this stuff out sooner. Well, funny enough, that's been goodness 14 years ago. And I know how he feels. 
Because sometimes I feel the same way. There are people that come into this understanding, which is called the three principles, when they're in their lower 20s. And this, the, the three principles has changed my life so much more than coaching ever has. I mean, it is part of my coaching now, but it really has. It has just changed everything. Because I've understood how we work. So, but back to this story, like, I get it. I, I get what it's like to look back on my life and say, oh my goodness, I, I wish I would have done things differently in the past 14 years. Because when I finished the coaching training, oh my goodness, there's not a path, guys. Like, there's, there's not a specific path. And I was so scared. I thought I was way too young to be coaching professionals or anybody for that matter. And so what I did is I went to traditional college. And I went and got an education at Brigham Young University in the Marriott School of Management. And when I was there, like I felt that I was supposed to be in the business school. And I just kind of knew that. There, there was a day I particularly remember, or I was walking down, I was walking through the school at the Marriott School of Management, and I was walking down this big staircase they have there. If you've ever been there, you know which one I'm talking about. And I had this feeling, this just feeling, hey, you will be here. And at the time, or, or thereabouts, or a little bit after, I had a, I got a C plus in statistics. Now, if you know anything about business school, that just, that won't get you in. But somehow I still got into business school. I was the very last person admitted with a C plus, and I was fortunate not to have to retake that class. And there's possibly things that were really important that happened in that particular time period. While I was also at BYU, I had this experience. So I was, I was a really good salesperson. And I ended up selling these, what they're called, starving student cards. And there was one night I was out selling. And I ended up talking with this girl. We talked nothing about the starving student card. We talked about her life. We talked about her hopes. We talked about her dreams. We talked about her ambitions. And I, I don't remember if I made that sell or not. I'm pretty sure I do remember the person that I was talking to. And I walked outside. And I had the most beautiful feeling. Guys, when you have those beautiful feelings, pay attention. I mean, even as, I'm, even as I shared that experience, I... I started to get a bit emotional because I realized every one of these beautiful feelings was Heavenly Father saying, hey, go that way. But we don't see that. There's a song, it's from, a, it's from an old church musical and it's called, What is My Mission in Life? Now, at the same time, I was having these different experiences. There were times I would sing this song at the top of my lungs. And the gist of it is like, 
what is my mission in life? Like, why am I here? What am I meant to do? What is my specific mission in this life? Well, the funny thing I realized years later, my mission had always been following me in life, very similar to a stray dog follows me. And I kept, I kept shooing it away and kicking it away, gently kicking it away, not, not hurting it. But I just kept, I kept kicking it away and moving it away and saying, no, 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 no. Like, what, what, what is my mission in life? And it's like, I'm right here. Look at me. I'm right here. And I wouldn't look. Do you know the other funny thing, though? I had every project that I had the choice in college became a coaching project. Or a sp- so, like if I got to give a speech, it would be about a coaching project. One of my favorite classes in college was writing and speaking for business. Now, I'm not sure if like I, I really enjoyed that particular teacher. I did. And at the same time, I just loved it. I, I love the speaking. I love the writing. And there were many classes I took in college, even in the business school, that I did not like for the slightest. But that one I really liked. Well, guess what? When I was nine, me and my cousin, we wrote like a 15-page ripoff of the Boxcar Children. And it was really cool. We were like nine years old and we wrote this book. And I loved it. And also throughout my life, I loved to speak. You know, many people in our church, we have not just, you know, a pastor or something speak. We have a bishop that's over the church unit, but it's the actual members themselves of the church that get opportunities to speak. And most people are like, oh, I don't want to speak. And if they ask me to speak, I'm like, awesome. Because I love to do that. I, I love to do that. I love, I love to help people. I love to serve people. You know, another experience that's coming to my mind, I, I served a particular performing mission for my church in a place called Nauvoo, where you go and perform for an entire summer. Now, a couple funny things about that at the time, I really wasn't the greatest singer. Like now I can sing pretty well, but at the time I've listened to my audition tape and I'm like, what? I mean, looking back, I've listened to it back then. I thought it was amazing, right? Cause that's just what we do. But I listened to this audition tape and I'm like, how in the world did you pick me? And I even asked the director years later, cause we're, we're still friends. I asked her why? And she said it was your guitar playing. Oh, and my guitar playing wasn't amazing, but I did, I did enough to learn a particular song. And that ended up being a very big part of my life. When I was, and my hope as I share these things, 
many of these things I really have not sat and thought about for years. But I'm sharing them with you with the hope that they will inspire and impress upon you the times that it's been like, hey, I'm right here for the things that you really want to do. And so when I was performing there, one of the experiences I had is this random group came in and I just, for whatever reason, I started basically, you know, setting things up and just taking on the role of leadership. With this group that essentially they wanted a tour. I can't remember exactly what they wanted. And from that, like, my my director could just tell I was a leader and put me as a leader in charge of the group. Well, that that's something that's important to me too. But another experience I had there, we listened to this band. It was called the Nashville Tribute Band. And we had our own, like, private performance with you know the other people that were there as well the other missionaries and it was awesome i sat there and i'm like oh this is what i want to do i want to perform music and it just felt amazing and and that might have that might have been getting caught up in the music like when you're in that environment it might have been a little bit of that but ever since then i've always wanted to you know just be an awesome guitar player. Well, many of these things that I did, I didn't do anything with them. Because I was, I was so focused. It's like, if I'm so close to a wall, just staring at it like inches away, I can't see anything else. And for me, I was trying so hard to figure out my path that I didn't see that my, my path was unfolding in that very moment. And I have had so many incredible experiences along this road. Our life is not a destination. I've been reading a book by um, Dave Grohl. He's the lead singer of the Foo Fighters. It's his biography. And it's, it's amazing. And one of the stories he tells is he went and he saw this gorgeous, gorgeous property. And it was like 120 acres in, his, in Virginia, so in his ideal place. And, and it was interesting because it was everything that he wanted. And he said no. He said no because he didn't want to just end life right there. He didn't want to as he put it right off into the sunset. He wasn't done. And I think some of us, like, we feel that we're going to ride off into the sunset. And because we know the next step in our life, we, like, we think we know the end destination. Hey, people change careers about a zillion times. And maybe it's because all those lead them to where they need to be. And maybe it's because they're, they just aren't willing to walk the road. Do you, know, do you guys know what I did when I finished college? I moved back in with my parents. 
And I spent probably eight hours a day between watching Netflix and playing Xbox. Maybe 12. I mean, I had this giant TV in my room. And I just sat there and played played and watched stuff for hours. Do you know why? Because I was scared. I, I was scared of going out and facing the real world. I was scared, more importantly, of taking my path. I didn't know how to do it. I didn't know at all. Or at least I didn't think I knew. And it's okay not to know your path. You don't have to know your entire path. You just have to know the next step. You know, I did the same thing when I got back from my mission. I basically camped out in my room for a month or two. Seriously. Reading scriptures, writing in my journal, because I didn't want to face the world. I didn't want to have a chance of doing something wrong. I didn't want to have a chance of getting back in the world so much again. But guys, we can't we can't do that forever. And it's not healthy. Like we're meant to be out in the world. Well, funny enough, about, oh, six months, actually, no, yeah, right around six months after I graduated, I, so I, I've been in the Hilkamora pageant now seven times, but at this time when I graduated in 2012, I'd been in it a couple times as a kid, well, as a teenager, and I knew a few people in it, and it was either my parents that had this impression or I, st- I brought it up like, I need to go back and be in the Hokemore pageant this year. And it was, and it was a bit odd. But I-, I thought about it and I prayed about it. And my parents you know, said they'd help me out with you know, finances and stuff at the time if I felt that was the right thing to do. And I prayed about it and I felt this overwhelming feeling, hey, that's where you're going to be. And so I emailed the director and I said, hey, um, I emailed my, my contact, my good friend, and I said, hey, I feel like I need to be in pageant this year. You know, a lot of times I say, oh, you know, a single guy, like, yeah, you can easily be in it. And his response was different. His response was, Joseph, hey, um, I'm sorry, man. Like, this is the 75th anniversary cast. And... But if you, and you know, and there's not, we're already overbooked as it is, but if you feel you need to, then reach out to this guy. I don't know why I'm having, I'm having a hard time sharing this story. But a week later, I remember exactly where I was. I was at LA Fitness in the back in the back room in the back area doing a cable pull down. And the words were Joseph. Like I got an email on my phone and the and that said Joseph. We don't do this. We never do this. But for whatever reason, you're supposed to be back here with us. Guys, this was 
This was less than a month before pageant. A month. And I went. And the Hillcomora pageant has been one of the greatest sources of all the best connections in my life. The best friendships. The best everything. And when I was back there, I got, I, it was funny. So I, I trained super hard to be Nephi. So Nephi is like the super good guy in the Book of Mormon that just does everything right. And, and as I was back there at this pageant, you, you have auditions on the spot. And they're not really auditions. They are a little bit, but they're more so just where you're supposed to be. And so I had people back there telling me I, I looked like layman. Now, Layman's like the bad guy. He's Nephi's brother, and he's just a super, super, by the end of the, by the end of his life, he's done a lot of really, really awful things. And I kept hearing this, and it's like, no, 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 I want to be Nephi. I want to be Nephi. And funny enough, we go out and we do this audition. And you say this line, and so I was trying to say it with poise and dignity, but also with power. And out comes a scream. Like you say this line, touch me not. And I, and I ended up screaming it. And it was so strange. I was like, uh-oh. No, what, 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 what happened? Where did that come from? I, I've acted before. Like, that wasn't what I wanted. And, I mean, and everybody, like, there's a giant, giant grass area. And everybody within, I mean, anywhere could have heard that. It was so loud. And I'm like, uh-oh. And then I look to the side and I see this kid. He's like, you know, at the time, I'm like 30-ish. And at the time, he would have been, actually, I was probably like 27 at the time. Um, but at the time, he would have been about 17. And it was interesting because, you know, he auditioned and I was like, man, what's, what's he doing? They don't cast 17-year-olds as this part. Well, funny enough, um, I was not surprised when they, come, they came up to me and handed me a tag that said Battle Layman. And I was honestly starting to think and contemplate my life. And like, you know, you, you honestly start to wonder stuff. Well, it ended up being amazing. Like there's a scripture that says wickedness never was happiness, except when you're on a stage. I have a lot of fun playing a bad guy. And I, and I played a really, really mean bad guy. Well, funny enough, me and me and the guy the 17 year old that i was like who's that kid um and he ended up playing lemuel who's layman's brother we ended up becoming very good friends it it helped his life spiritually he ended up going on a mission for our church and like all kinds of things happened because of that and then from that experience as well i met this particular um, one of the other lead characters, so we we would get dressed, you know, in the same place, and we would, you know, have like hair and makeup. Not I didn't do makeup, but like hair and wigs and stuff done in the same place. 
And so he played a character named Abinadi and we became, you know, we kind of would connect a little bit here and there. Well, after pageant, like me and him ended up getting together and I ended up joining him in a business. Well, when I joined him in this business, we joined this networking group and I casually mentioned to them like, Hey, we were selling the cards that, you know, we were selling for his business, but I just casually mentioned to him in this networking group that I did coaching as well. And basically, so they'd sit down with me and let me sell them my product. Well, a day later, I get a call from somebody and she's like, Hey, will you coach me? And I'm like, what? She's like, will you coach me? And at the time I had never I mean, I'd coach some people a little bit here and there, but this was a time that I'd never, yeah. I mean, it was just, it was just strange. It was like, she just comes up and says, Hey, will you coach me? And I'm like, uh, okay. (laughs) And I had to go to my coach and figure out, okay, what do I got to do? And I ended up coaching her and she ended up doubling her business in six months. And then her accountant saw that. And I ended up helping them. And, and there have, there's been plenty of ebbs and flows since. Because I believe that Heavenly Father gives us a great starting point. He gives us some decent raw materials. But after that, if we just sit around and do nothing, nothing's going to happen. And so I rested on my laurels. and like, But it was interesting because after about a year of being in that networking group, that I had, you know, I I ended up switching categories and just becoming a coach. And through that connection with that networking group and the the larger networking group in of itself, I've, I've made some wonderful connections. People that have become clients, people that have become just, you know, acquaintances. And all because, I mean, there's that really, really long string of stuff that I was telling you happened. There, there are many more things that happen at that Hilkomura pageant that, I mean, I could do, I could do a hundred episodes of this podcast, maybe not quite a hundred, but I, I could do a lot about everything that happened there and all the incredible experiences that I had that kept pointing me in the right direction, even when I didn't know what I was doing. And even now, I get, I get more and more into following the path that's going to lead me to happiness. You see, so many people, they, we think that you know, God's going to lead us down this road that isn't going to make us happy. That's not how it works. There's a scripture that says men are that they might have joy. And that is what Heavenly Father wants for us. The very things that you are avoiding doing that you just know, that you feel really good, you feel peace about doing, are the things that are going to lead you to a life that you can't even begin to imagine. I've shared many times on this podcast, but this podcast was something that I didn't think I wanted to do. I had the impression come completely laid out for me. Here's your podcast. It's going to be called Happy and Single. 
And I'm like, yeah, that's not happening. I'm sorry, Heavenly Father, that is not happening. I don't even listen to podcasts. Why in the world am I going to do a podcast? And then six months later, he, he not only inspired me to do it again, but he tricked me. What do I mean when I say he tricked me? Somebody posted a comment on an article that I've written. And it said, am I being too picky? Now, there's a few questions you can ask me that will just get me to go on and on and on for hours. That's one of them. And for whatever reason, I start typing. And I'm like, man, there's too much to type. I, I don't want to do this. And I look up in my closet and I had a, a microphone, like a legit, the podcast microphone that I use now that I'd bought in for another project. I did nothing with that, that other project for a long time. But I, but I looked up and I, I pulled it out and I started recording whatever I would respond to this person. You know the funny thing? That podcast has never seen the light of day. And maybe someday it might. But that podcast was so much more important than that. Why? Because I often use the analogy like green eggs and ham. I will not do a podcast in a box. I will not with the fox. I will not in a house. I will not with the mouse. You know, and Sam I am is, just keeps trying and trying to get him to try the eggs. Just try the, try the green eggs and ham. And after doing that podcast for 20 minutes, I was like, oh, I, I would do a, body, a podcast with a mouse. I would do a podcast in a house. I would do it with a fox. I would do it in a box. I do like podcasts. And this has opened up so many opportunities for me. It has been incredible, especially the more that I show up and do what Heavenly Father desires. Desires me to do how this podcast has grown. And then it's funny when I start getting a little bit egotistical and I share with people, oh, well, I've got this podcast, it's got this many episodes, and it's got this many downloads. And it was interesting because the podcast was, it was really, really soaring. Having, you know, wonder, lots of wonderful people listening. And then for a day or so, I went into that phase where I was just, well, yeah, you got to listen to the podcast, it's got this many numbers. Go listen to it. And it was interesting because there was a day that just totally tanked. You know, it went from the number it was at to like 14. So there was this massive, massive drop. Well, I was talking to my accountability partner yesterday. And she said, Joseph, you're like, you're focusing on the wrong thing. You need to focus on the message of the podcast. 
you know, not on those little things that you think it's going to do for you and on impressing people. My thoughts are, well, there's so many podcasts out there. I want people to know that I don't, I don't just have a podcast that has, you know, one, like a hundred listens. And I realized from her, I was wrong. All I can do is invite people to listen to the podcast. I have zero control over what happens after that. And I don't need to. These aren't my words. I mean, I'm telling you guys stories today that I haven't thought about many of them in a long time. When I'm an empty vessel, Heavenly Father uses me. And when I start getting egotistical and be like, well, this is going to happen. Oh, okay. And it, was, and it was my accountability partner. She's amazing. It helped me to see, hey, Joseph, like, and, and the funny thing is on the day I was talking to her, which was just yesterday, the numbers had started to shoot back up. And she's like, Joseph, you can't, you can't not see that, right? And I'm like, what? Well, your heavenly father wanted to send you a message. And, and it's obvious. Like if I look at it, there's, there's a single day drop. And then it did. It shot right back up. And I recognize. That's because I stopped, I started focusing on the right things. But this podcast has brought in so many opportunities to my life. It's, it's introduced me into so many people's lives. And it's been incredible for, I mean, me even personally, I mean, sharing these stories and sharing like, I learned so much through this experience. I mean, I was doing a live this morning and just th that came about. Actually, that, that's a cool story, too, about direction. The, probably about two weeks ago. So I haven't had a one-on-one -on -one coach for a long time. I know that sounds funny, but I kind of just I believe since I had my accountability partner and I had my, my mentor, Michael Neal, like I didn't need one and I didn't want to pay for one. I know that sounds funny, but I was talking to a person, this was just a few weeks ago, and he talked about the impact that his coach has had on him. And then I talked a little bit later to a person that I'm, I'm close to, and I've done a little bit of coaching with, and his company had paid for him to have their coach. And so he'd worked with them for a year and he doubled his production. And then I went and saw that night, I, was, I went and saw this other coach talk. And they say sometimes things come in threes. That's not always the case for me. But in this particular case, it was. And I realized, oh, I need a coach. And so I went up actually afterwards to the person presenting the coach and asked her how much she charged. And, you know, it turned out that um, it was, you know, a reasonable amount. And I drove home thinking, oh, well, that's the coach for me. And the spirit said, no. That's not your coach. Your coach is this person. <laughs> no, I hadn't talked to this person in a while, but they had helped me through something very, very deep. There's a, there's a website called heartfeltpresence.org, which I'm actually a coach on at 
I have an 11 a.m. time slot on, I'm sorry, a 10 a.m. time slot on Wednesday morning at Arizona time. And then currently I have one on Thursdays at 3 p.m. Arizona time, which I'm not sure if that one, if I'll keep that one. But I had met her through there and she had helped me massively. And it's a free, it's totally free, guys. There's coaches there 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And not always 24 hours a day, but there's, a, there's some spots in there. They don't have coaches yet, but that's the ideal. And so the spirit just said, hey, this is your coach. I kid you not. I go home that night. I message her. She happens to, she happens to be over in England. And so I message her at you know 10 or 11 my time, which is seven or eight hours later, her time. Within less than 12 hours, I have my first meeting with her. And also within less than 12 hours, I have my coach. And it has made such a difference in my life. I forgot the, like, I forgot the power and the joy of just sharing your dreams with somebody. If you're in the place of you don't know what you want to do, first of all, you're welcome to come talk to me on the happy and single call or any of the heartfelt presence calls that I mentioned. The happy and single call is usually at 11 a.m. Arizona time. It's a free call, guys. The information for that's at the end of the podcast. But, but simply, if you just go to happyandsingle.com, you can see it. And you can come on for an entire 55 minutes and ask me whatever it is you want. I mean, depending on how many people there are, it depends on how much time each person gets. And some people just like to come on and listen. There's a power in just sharing your story because the true teacher is the spirit. It's that beautiful feeling. It's that direction. It's that guidance. It's whatever you want to call it. We have such a busy life that we don't even spend time thinking about what we want. I know this sounds funny, but I basically get paid to help people figure out what they want, and to get a little bit unstuck. Because people are just a tiny bit stuck. I mean, once they, once they start talking about stuff, once they start seeing it differently, once they start figuring it out, I think a lot of times the, the thing that really stumps people is, is it okay to want what I want? You know, I shared some of these beautiful stories of how I've become a coach. And, and I've and I've shared actually just if you want to listen to a lot of it last podcast the very last podcast I did with Elise Hurst if you go to that one you'll hear more about a story where I just kept going down this road that for some reason I felt because it was my that because somebody close to me had had a certain path in their life that I had to go down that path as well. But I realized I didn't. And the further I went down this path, it would seem to be it was, it was becoming a religious teacher. The further I went down that path, the darker my life became. Now, I know that sounds crazy. I really know that sounds crazy. But it was simply Heavenly Father in the Spirit saying, Joseph, this is not your path. And I wasn't getting the message. And so Heavenly Father speaks to us through our feelings. I used to think it was the adversary that gave us bad feelings and the spirit that gave us good feelings. It's not. The spirit gives us both of them, but the beautiful, wonderful feelings and peaceful feelings are saying, hey, go forward. 
And the yucky feelings that are like you're walking into a bad neighborhood are saying, stop, get out of here. This isn't your place. Go home. And I love what I just said there of go home because home is that peaceful place. We think that God is going to lead us down this road that's going to be unhappy for us. That has not been my experience. My experience is the more that I turn my will over to Heavenly Father, the more my life is incredible. I mean, this I keep mentioning, but this podcast has brought me so many different opportunities to connect with different people. And, and the words that I share that, as I've said before, come from the Spirit. I am just a vessel. And Heavenly Father just uses me to share these messages with you guys. But I love hearing from people, oh my goodness, the thing you said just, it answered my prayers, it changed my life. I mean, a, a, new, a new client that I'm about to start working with, I have literally seen a change in their face. Going from a place of thinking they had to be a different person to trusting themselves and letting them just be themselves and be happy, they have changed. And it is so cool to see. When you start going down the road that you feel inspired to go down, even just taking a few steps, it's like I've, I have felt for about eight months that I need to record an audiobook called As a Man Thinketh. I have a writing group and everyone in there pretty much has told me, Joseph, you need to record audiobooks. Joseph, you need to record audiobooks. Now, it's one thing if people tell us stuff and it doesn't land, but it did land. And it landed a lot. And I tried recording a book a few times and it just didn't turn out the way that I wanted it to. And then I was directed to go to this particular studio and record in a studio. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I've, I've got a microphone. I don't need to go to a legit studio, you know, and pay all that money an hour. And the spirit's like, Joseph, go. Now, obviously, the equipment in the, in the legit studio is way better than mine. I mean, the speakers the guy listens to you on is are like, are like 10 grand alone. And so... But he gave me a very powerful and a very important direction. Sometimes I have a tendency to use this like whispery, slow voice. And he kind of checked, checked me on it. And he's like, what are you doing? He's like, you're talking in this weird voice. Like, why are you doing that? And another person had kind of given me a similar critique. And, and so I just talked like normal. I just talked with a, you know, nice, powerful voice. He's like, yeah, there you go. And that alone might have been the difference I needed. I don't know. But I was directed to do that. The more you, the more you do what you're directed to do, the more you enlist Heavenly Father's troops. So this is kind of what this is kind of what I think. The more we do what Heavenly Father wants us to do, like the more it, it talks about in Scripture all the time, keep the commandments and you'll prosper. Well, all a commandment is is, is a command. 
It's Heavenly Father giving us a, a specific command and saying, hey, go do this. Go do this. Well, the more that I do, the more that he's going to ask me to do. But he's not going to ask me to do it alone. He's going to give me troops, both on this side of the veil, so people that are actually here on earth, and also his angels. They're going to go around and I picture them going around and say, hey, you're struggling with this. Go listen to this. Go listen to this podcast. Go listen to this. Oh, go talk to this guy. You know, I had a beautiful experience happen recently. Now, I've had experiences in my life where I've been given or told where to find the finances to meet with my mentor and to pay for, you know, the trainings and stuff that I do. Because I, I invest a ton of money into my mentor, coaching, training, etc. But it was super cool because an individual shared with me how they'd had their own miracle of how to work with me. And that was so cool. It's like we think that, you know, we just have miracles that impact other people's lives. But how amazing is it that other people can have that they get a miracle to get the chance to work with us. What if Heavenly Father is wanting to create miracles in your life and usually they come when you're striving to serve? Like it, meant, it meant so much to me and it was so cool that this person shared this story with me. And I'm not using their name, so hopefully they, they don't mind me sharing since they listen to every podcast. What if Heavenly Father could create miracles around you to bring the people into your life that needed to be there? But also that you get benefited too. I have over the years, I've worked with people for free. And as I shared before, I have different avenues where people can work with me for free through the heartfelt presence and the other things, the happy and single call. But I, every morning I say or listen to a statement and one of them says, I seek and expect miracles. guys. When you're seeking and expecting miracles in your life about what to do and what next step to take, I think often we're just afraid to take the next step. It's there. You always have the next tiny step in front of you. Even it's as if it's as simple as, hey, call this person. Go to this place. Pick up a book. Clean your room. You always have the next step. What if we pictured it? Martin Luther King said, we don't have to see the entire staircase, just the first step. What if you pictured it as a staircase that every step you took, 
it lit up the next stair. You know, it's it's almost like those. Um, actually, there's there's video games per se that they have. You know, it's like the old Mario. It had a cloud, and then next to that, it had a cloud that would appear and disappear. And in some games, it has invisible blocks. Actually, no, even in Mario, it does. It has those tiny blocks where you hit a. You hit a space on the screen where there didn't look to be a block. Sometimes Heavenly Father simply says, hey, jump right here. But there's no block here. I don't see anything. Just jump. If you haven't already watched it, Steve Harvey has a beautiful, beautiful video called Jump. It's Jump or Leap. I think it's Jump on YouTube. And it's fantastic and it's amazing. But until you have the faith to jump, which is just taking the next tiny step, nothing's going to happen. Just take the next step. If you're thinking about getting into a career, call a person that's in the career. Go check with them. We make things too big in our heads. There's a scripture that says, so it's in Alma 36, verse 6, and it says, Now ye may suppose that this is foolishness in me, but behold, I say unto you that by small and simple things are great things brought to pass. And small means in many instances doth confound the wise. Guys, it's the small things. If you want to be a coach or if you've thought about being a coach, go talk to someone that's a coach. Most of them will meet with you for free for once. Or, you know, pick up a book on coaching. If you want to be an actor, look, look at a free acting class online. I mean, it's, it's funny how things work out because about the same time, right before I started recording As a Man Thinketh, or maybe even a, sometime before that, I happened to pick up a book. The book I only wanted because it was it was Nancy Cartwright who plays the voice of Bart Simpson and I love the stories behind the Simpsons. I really do. I didn't really think it'd give me good advice on voiceovers and kind of get me even looking a little bit in that direction. And it's like, I mean, we have no idea, guys. We just have to take the next step. You know, I call myself the it's possible guy on Instagram because that's what I was told to call myself. Because the message in the middle of it, it's possible, is the most important message that I could give to anybody in the world. And I call it the it's possible challenge of something you want to do from Tuesday to Tuesday. See, and I haven't even been perfect at that. But it's just even spending 21 minutes a day even if you don't get done the thing you want to get done, if you start spending 21 minutes a day, you're going to be astounded at what you get done. In about eight months, I've learned about three quarters of Sweet Child of Mine, which is way, way above my skill level, especially with the solos. If I cut out the solos, I would have got it done in like a month. <laughs> but with the solos, it's uh, maybe, maybe, maybe four months. But like 
with the solos, it's a, it's a bit challenging. Just focus on the next tiny step, guys. I would also invite you to start paying close attention to the times that you just have a really, really beautiful feeling. Pay attention to that. That is a message. And also pay attention to those times that you have really, really yucky feelings. If you're going down a career path right now and you're just feeling blech, yuck, it's probably not the path for you. No matter how much that you think somebody else wants you to. It doesn't matter whether you think it's your parents or whether you think it's a friend or anything else or, or even if you think it's something that God wants you to do. If God wants you to do something, he'll tell you through peace and joy and beautiful feelings. He doesn't work through doubt. He doesn't work through fear. It was interesting the further I went down that religious teacher path of how yucky the feeling got. Whereas when I just chose not to do anything with the podcast for six months, it wasn't that at all. There were the, these nudges at times, these these simple, simple promptings, but there was never that just awful, yucky feeling. It was, hey, go do this. The more you start getting in touch and in tune with the feelings that you're having, the more you're no you'll know whether you're on the right path or wrong path. It's like the game warmer, colder. When you're warmer, people will t God will tell you. Hey, you're getting warmer and warmer. And he tells us through these beautiful feelings. And if you're getting colder, he'll tell you that too. Hey, it, it's about to get ice cold. And if you want it to get any colder, keep going down this path. So pay attention. Notice the feelings that you're having. And my invitation to you, whatever step is coming to you during this entire podcast, go take it. The sooner you take it, the sooner you're moving in the direction that will lead you to the greatest level of happiness you could possibly begin to imagine. Now, if you've made it to this point in the podcast, I'd like to invite you to go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. I don't know how you got here, but that way, if you ever want to get back here again, it's right there for you in your subscriptions. And if you haven't already joined us, one of the really cool things that I do that's free for anyone that would like to participate is each Monday morning at 10 a.m. Arizona time, I host a group coaching call for Happy and Single. Anyone is welcome to come on, and you can even receive a little bit of one-on-one -on -one coaching time with me, depending on how many people are in the call. Now, every now and then that schedule changes, so you can go to the website Happy nsingle.com to be able to look at the schedule and also to be able to find the link to the Zoom room. Now at the same time, if you would prefer a more one-on-one -on -one type of coaching experience where you can sit down and share your hopes and dreams and, and just kind of the stuff going on in your world, then there's another option available for you as well. Now, the bulk of my business is actually doing one-on-one -on -one coaching. If that's something you're interested in exploring, I've got a few spots open in my coaching practice. You can just message me on Instagram at the 
it's possible guy, and we can sit down and have a chat. And it doesn't matter where you're at in the world. I've worked with people across the world. I do everything over Zoom, so it actually makes it pretty easy. Thank you guys so much again for listening. And go out and live your adventure. Thank you.